Central, how you guys doing out there? Good? All right. Well, hey, welcome to Central on this kickoff weekend. Uh, if I haven't got the opportunity to meet you yet, my name's Tim. I get to serve as one of the pastors here, and I'm so honored that you decided to kick off your week with us here at Central. I want to give a quick shout out, not only to those of you here in the room, but also to those of you joining us online. Welcome uh, online as well. We're glad you're here. If you're ever in the Bay, come check us out in person. We look a lot better live, and uh, we have a lot more fun uh, in the house. So, uh, hey, I don't know if you've ever asked yourself this question, uh, what does God want me to do with the rest of my life? Like, what does God want me to do with the rest of, of my life? And I believe to some degree we all wrestle with that, that question, what's my purpose here in this world? What's my purpose here in this life? Why was I even created? And, and how do I discover God's plan for my life. And, and that's actually a question that you asked of us. On Easter 2019, we gave a survey and, and there was a, a long list of questions, different options. And, and you asked, man, how do I handle stress? If the creator of the universe really wants to talk to me, how do I pray? How do I have this, this conversation? Uh, and then you asked, what, what, how do I discover my purpose here in life? And then, and then next week we'll be talking about what will, what will heaven even be like? But but you asked this question, and I believe we all wrestle with this question to some degree, so as you wish, today we are talking about that, that topic. If you've not read Rick Warren's book, Purpose Driven Life, it's a great book. Uh, it's actually a book that, that I enjoy reading about once a year, just to kind of recalibrate, recenter, refocus on what my purpose here is. And so I'd encourage you to check that out if you have not. But my goal over these next few moments uh, is to look at, uh, to the Creator, to say, God, you are the creator, we are the creator. What did you create us for? What on earth am I even here for? Uh, but before we go there, I wanna, uh, it is kickoff weekend. It is, it is game day. Uh, the Chiefs do play at 10 o'clock, so I'm going to talk fast. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Niners play at 3, so we got time, actually. So we can just go until 3 o'clock and we'll be good. Uh, any Niners fans out here? Any Niners fans? All right, all right. How about Raiders? How about Raiders? <laughs> I just wanted to see what one looked like. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for that. How about, uh, yeah, yeah. What about uh, Chargers? Any Chargers fans? Rams? All right. Well, moving on. Um, need a volunteer. Need, need a volunteer. Two volunteers. Two volunteers. Who, who can volunteer for me? I got a quick game. Want to play? Any volunteers? Any volunteers? Right here. Dennis, come on up. Let's give it for Dennis. Chris, you coming? Let's do it. Let's do it. Two Raiders fans, hey. We just booed the Raiders. They're the only people that raised their hand to volunteer. Let's give it up for them. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this game. This is, this is being boozled. And so what, how, how this works is you spin this wheel right here, and it lands on a, on a, on a uh, jelly bean. Now, this could be toasted marshmallows, or it could be a stink bug. You just don't know. It, it could be coconut, or it could be spoiled milk. Could be Tutti Fruity, could be Stinky Socks, could be Peach, could be Barf, could be Birthday Cake, could be Dishwasher Soap, could be Berry Blue, could be Toothpaste, could be Strawberry Banana Smoothie, that sounds nice, or it could be Dead Fish, could be Butter Popcorn, could be Rotten Eggs, you just don't, I mean, you just don't know, like, much like a Raiders fan, you just don't know what you're going to get, day to day, you just don't, you just don't know, right, so here, let's go ahead and give it a spin, Dennis. Dennis. Oh, this is not bad. Uh, berry blue or toothpaste. So you get, you get to pick a blue one? Yeah, let's get some music going. Yeah, we need some music. We need some music. All right, give it a spin, Chris. Here we go. Oh, Tutti Frutti or Stinky Socks. That one, not as promising. 
All right, did you get one? Wait, wait, wait. No, that that's pop. That could be popcorn. Or that could be. Oh, I got a pizza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta get the. Oh, you gotta you. get the right one. You don't know. You, it's right. That's right. All right. You guys ready? On the count of three. You guys ready for this? Could be toothpaste. Could be berry blue. Could be tutti frutti. Could be stinky socks. You don't know. All right. Let's see it. Let's go. What do you got? Tutti frutti. Stinky socks. Do you have taste buds? No. <laughs> what do you got? Berry. Berry blue. You guys lucked out. That's awesome. Let's give it up for them. Come on. Come on. All right. Raiders against Broncos. Monday night. Hope that works out well for the Broncos. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> moving on. I, I say that to say this. Sometimes we feel like when it comes to discovering God's will, like we don't know what we're going to get. Like maybe God's up there and he's trying to bemboozle us. Maybe one day we're going to get peach. Maybe one day we're going to get stinky socks. Maybe one day we're going to get tutti frutti. Maybe one day we're going to get dog food. Like we just don't, we just don't know. But here's the overarching big idea of the day. If you hear nothing else, hear this. God's will is revealed in God's word. He's not trying to bemboozle you. He's actually laid it out quite plainly, what he desires for us, his plans for our, our lives, what he desires for us to do to come alive on a daily basis. And so let's say that out loud together. God's will is revealed in God's word. Help me out on this on the count of three. One, two, three. God's will is revealed in God's word. He's not trying to bemboozle you. And so we're going to look to God's word. We're going to look to what the creator of the universe says about us and how he's created us so we can come alive in this life and really thrive throughout our life. And here's the first one. Here's the first one. If you're taking notes uh, inside your program, we have uh, these bad boys, these fill in the blanks. It'll help you keep track of where we are and then kind of come back to it midweek, reference it. Uh, There's also a talk it over section here. Uh, This is a great opportunity to talk it over over lunch uh, with the family, Uh, maybe in your own devotional time, just think through some of these questions and and take some next steps or with your your small group to get connected and and ask them these questions. But here's the first fill in the blank. If you're taking notes, here it is. God wants me to center my life around him. The first purpose, like it all starts here. God wants me to center my life around, around him. Jesus said this, here's what God's word, how it reveals God's will. And here's what it says about us. Here's what he says in Matthew 22, 37. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first and the greatest commandment. I mean, this is where it all, it all starts here. I don't know if you've ever gone to a, a, a chiropractor. Hey, here's what A.W. Tozer said before I go there. A.W. Tozer said this. As God is exalted to the right place in our lives, a thousand problems are solved at once. As we exalt God to the right place in our lives, a thousand issues settle themselves. It's kind of like going to a chiropractor, right? I don't know if you've ever gone to a chiropractor before and you're like, Doc, I got this this pain in my shoulder that just won't quit. Matter of fact, it's impacting my hip as well. So if you could crack my shoulder and help my hip, that would be awesome. He goes, yeah, absolutely, I can do that. Your problem's over here, though, actually. And he fixes this, and all of a sudden, the back comes into alignment, and all these other pains go away. I think putting God in the center of our life is a lot like that. And individuals whose life is out of alignment with God will suffer a lot of needless pain. But this one thing, getting your life in alignment with God, it takes care of a thousand 
other issues. Matthew 13, 44 through 46. We don't, we don't hear a lot about this parable, but I think it's so profound and it speaks to God's desire, God's purpose for us. And here's what he says. Here's what Jesus says. He says, the kingdom of heaven. Now the, the, we take hold of this, this big principle, this kingdom idea. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. And he's so excited. It is an excitement. He hid it again. He sells everything he has and he goes and he buys the field. He's like, hey, you go all in. That's how you take hold of the kingdom of heaven. Again, he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for a choice pearl. When he discovered a pearl of great value, again, he sold everything he owned and he bought it. Here's the imagery here. It's like, you know what? Like, I'm, I'm just wandering along through life, and all of a sudden, I see this thing that's of unlimited value, of unlimited worth, of great, great value, inexpressible amounts. And so I go over here, and I say, you know what? Here's everything I have. I'm going to get rid of it all so I can take hold of this. God says the kingdom of heaven is like that. Now, now, whenever we, we, we give up everything that we have so we can take hold of everything that he is, we give up our, our shame, our guilt, our condemnation, and we come and we take hold of his identity. We come and we take hold of all that he is and all that he has for us. The Bible makes it clear that the first step to discovering our purpose is that God wants me to center my life around, around him. Uh, the first passage, man, whenever I started following Jesus, I was, a, I was just broken broken dude. I wrestled with all kinds of addictions, identity issues, condemnation, shame, all this. And the first passage I memorized was Galatians 2.20. And in Galatians 2.20, Paul says this, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And now the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. It's this exchange, right? It's this, this handoff. I'm giving up everything that I have, everything that I was, everything that I, I hope to be in exchange for all that he is and all that he has for me. I, I put God at the center of my life. And as I do, I find freedom, I find life, I find joy. And so for what it looked like for me, a lot of times I'd be white knuckled, like, I don't want to do this, but man, I feel really drawn to it. And I'd say, you know what? I just remind myself, no, 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 that's the old Tim. That Tim's been crucified with Christ and he no longer lives. I'm going to do things God way, God's way now. And it wasn't easy. It, wasn't a, it was a, still is a process, let's be honest. It's easy to just say, I'm going to go back to my old way. No, no, no. I'm going to do things God's way. I'm going to put God in the center of my life. That's our first and greatest purpose. Mark Batterson in his book, All In, says, You can have faith or you can have control, but you cannot have both. If you want God to do something off the charts... You have to take your hands off the controls. How should we respond to this reality? I'd say we got to go all in. I'm sure you've never been to Vegas, but I come from there. And then there's this moment sometimes at these tables where guys go all in. Like they're putting all the chips in the center right here. They're going all in, baby. That's what, that's what Jesus is asking us. Do we go all in to take care of all that he has for us? The gospel costs nothing. You can't earn it. It can only be received as a free gift, compliments of God's radical grace. It doesn't cost anything, but yet it demands everything. 
It demands we go all in, a term that simply means placing all that we have into God's hands and pushing it all, all into the center. And that's where we often get stuck, right? We often get stuck in like this no man's land. We're, we're afraid that if we go all in, we might miss out on something that this life has to offer. And, and that's just not true. The only thing that you'll miss out on is all that God has to offer. And the good news is this. If you don't hold out on God, he's not going to hold out on you. So don't be bamboozled. Don't be tricked. Don't be deceived. God wants me to center my life around him. That's the first. Second observation is this. Second purpose for your life is this. Uh, God wants me to learn to love his family. God wants me to learn to love his... I mean, you look around the room. God wants me to learn to love these people right here, right here in the room. Here, here's what it says. Ephesians two nineteen says this. Uh, remember, uh, you're members of God's very own family. You're part of the family, citizens of God's country. You belong to God's household with every other Christian. 1 Timothy 3.15, God's family is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of truth. Like you are are the family, you're the family. Ephesians 1.5 says his unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family. There it is. And to bring us to himself in Jesus Christ. Like we get to be part of the family. We're called to belong, not just to not just to believe. And some people might say, well, you know what, my relationship with God is super private, right? Like no one else needs to know about that. Well, I would say with all due respect, that's just not a biblical framework. That's not a biblical statement. Even in the garden, like before sin entered the world, like a perfect humanity, perfect harmony with God, perfect relationship with God, God made this statement, it's not good for man to be alone. So he created a helper created a woman to come alongside man and and man do we know we need some help right uh, we were created for community uh, we we're fashioned for fellowship we're formed for family we're wired for relationships and none of us can fulfill god's purpose on our own check this out in hebrews ten twenty five. it says let us not give up the habit of meeting together instead let us encourage encourage one another encourage one another along this this journey. That's really why we're doing uh, Back to Church Sunday uh, next weekend, September 15th. If you haven't heard about it, it's going to be awesome. We're partnering with a lot of other churches here in the Bay and around the globe. Uh, We're locking arms with uh, 1,300 different churches from 120 different denominations and and one point or 13 million people, rather, around the globe, all for this purpose of saying, hey, let's not give up the habit of meeting together, but let's encourage one another all the more. So if you have someone that that you know in your life that hasn't been to church for a while, it's a great opportunity to to invite them back to church next Sunday. And maybe you got a friend, a family member, coworker who who doesn't know God, man, invite them next week. Great opportunity to do that. Uh, Let's look to the early church, Acts 2. Uh, This is in your program, actually. Acts 2, uh, beginning in verse 41. We'll also have it on the screen behind me. Here's what it says. Uh, Those who believed were baptized, and they were added to the church. They joined with the other believers and committed themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, and they worshiped together regularly in the temple, and they met in small groups in in homes. Check that out. Like, like there's five things that we, we discover here that God's called us to. The first is this. Uh, God wants me to believe in Jesus. If you're taking notes, that's the first one. It all starts there. Believe in Jesus. And if that's where your best next step is, then hey, uh, we have these bad boys in the seat backs in front of you. We'd love for you to fill this out. Just check that box. I want to start following Jesus. We'll follow up with you. Uh, Get some next steps into your hands to help you along that journey. Uh, Once you begin to follow Jesus, the next best thing for you to do is to get baptized. 
If you've not been baptized, if you're a follower of Jesus, say, hey, I'm a Christian, uh, but I haven't been baptized, then your best next step is to get baptized. That's God's purpose. That's his plan for your life. If you want to get baptized, you can just check that box. I want to be baptized. We'll follow up to you, talk about some next steps. We can fire that up. We can baptize you today. Hey, we're we're just getting in the game today. Uh, Painfully practical. Uh, Third thing uh, that that God wants you to do is to join a church family. Join a church family is the third fill in the blank. Uh, Rick Warren, he says this. He says, why is it important to join a local church family? Because it proves that you are committed to your spiritual brothers and sisters in reality not just in theory. Uh, God wants you to love real people, not ideal people. You can spend a lifetime searching for the perfect church, but you'll never find it. You are called to love imperfect sinners just as God does, end quote. Hey, here's the deal. We are imperfect people in progress. And every family, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Christmas Vacation, but every family has a cousin Eddie, right? You look around the room, we've got Cousin Eddie's here. You know what? That's okay. Because God's called us to love his family. Right? And so here's what Jesus said in John 13, 35, says this. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. What's going to prove that, that we are followers of Jesus? Our love. Our love for his family, our love for people in the room will prove to those outside the room that we are really following God. And if that's your best next step to, to join uh, Central Christian Church, then man, uh, we would love for you to, again, fill out this card. I want to become a member. And here's the deal. You might want to write this date down, September 29th. September 29th, um, we will have our, our very first Thrive class. We're going to talk about membership and all that entails. So you can just fill this out. We'll get some next steps into your hand. That'd be awesome. Uh, Again, painfully practical here this morning. Kickoff weekend, awesome. Uh, Fourth, fill in the blank, is this. Commit to regular worship. Regular worship. They said they they worship together regularly at the temple. This is a larger group gathering like like this. Check this out. Even if you're not sure about this whole church thing, here's what the New York Times said. Attending church can boost your immune system, decrease blood pressure, and it may add as much as two to three years to your life. If for no other reason, rock up consistently for your own sake. Marino Bruce, a Vanderbilt University professor, published this article in Public Library of Science. And I quote, he said, We found that people who consistently attend worship service may reduce their anxiety and mortality risk by 55%, especially those between the age of 40 and 65 So commit to showing up every Sunday, even if the only reason you do is to decrease your anxiety and decrease your mortality rate by 55%. Fifth fill in the blank that we we learned from Acts 2 is this. Uh, They they committed themselves to to small groups in homes. And so my encouragement would be to commit, uh, to connect in groups or teams in, in community. Do things in community. This is a smaller context. Harvard, check this out. Harvard produced this article. Um, They they started studying this 80 years ago. And this guy, uh, Robert Willinger, uh, director of study of psychiatrists at Massachusetts General Hospital and professor of psychiatry at Harvard Medical School, he said this, and I quote, he said, the surprising findings from over 80 years of research is that our relationships and how happy we are in our relationships has powerful influence on our health and overall quality of life. He's surprised by it, but the Bible's been saying it like for decades, right? 
Business Insider, again, if you're not sure about this whole Bible thing, Business Insider produced an article that says, it's titled, Psychologists Reveal the Biggest Predictor of Happiness, and it is not money. And here's what the article said. Arthur Aaron reported, the single biggest predictor of human happiness is not money, not your resume, not that sweet ride, not if the Raiders win on Monday, not if the Chiefs win on Sunday, not if the 49ers win this afternoon. The biggest predictor of human happiness is the quality of a person's relationships. That's staggering. That's staggering. So the New York Times, the Library of Public Health, Harvard Business School, Business Insider, all confirm what the Bible's been saying for years, and that's simply that you're wired for relationships. So get plugged into community. We would love for you to take a next step. Learn to love God's family. Join a group. Join a serve team. Start building vibrant relationships with those here at CCC. You'll be happier. You'll have less anxiety. You'll lower your blood pressure. You'll live longer. Why? Because God created you for this. It's part of his purpose for you. We as created beings were created by this creator, and he says in his word, his word reveals his will. And when we apply it to our lives, there's so many thousands of other things fall into place. So don't be bamboozled. God wants me to learn to love his family. Third, fill in the blank, if you're taking notes, is that God wants me to cultivate spiritual maturity. Cultivate spiritual maturity. And spiritual maturity is really this, becoming more like Jesus. That's what spiritual maturity is. We become more like Jesus. That's how we grow in maturity. Romans 8, 29 through 30 says this. God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape our lives of those who, who love him along with the same lines of that of his son. Like we're created to be more like Jesus. And we see the original intended shape of our lives there in him. Like we're created to become more and more like, like Jesus. Uh, Dallas Willard, uh, this, this great thought leader in the church, he, he defines disciple. A disciple, if you claim to be a Christian, if we claim to be Christians, like here's what... Here's what Dallas Willard would say that means. He says, there was someone whose ultimate goal is to live as Jesus would if he were in your place. Like, so your primary purpose, my primary purpose is to live life as Jesus would if he were in my place. So when you go to lunch, live as Jesus would if he were in your place. When you go to work tomorrow, live as Jesus would if he were in your place. When you see that post on social media this week, Respond as Jesus would if he were in your place. When the Chiefs beat Jacksonville this morning, I'm going to try to respond as Jesus would if Jesus were in, in my place. Ephesians 5, 1 through 2 says this, Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children, and live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us. Maturity in Christ is less about information and everything about heart transformation. So don't be beboozled. God's will is revealed in God's word, and God's word reveals that he wants us to cultivate spiritual maturity, become more and more like Jesus. The fourth observation is this, fourth purpose for your life. You say, hey, what's my purpose? Here it is. Uh, God wants me to contribute something back. He's looking for an ROI on his investment in us, right? First uh, Peter 4.10 says this. God's will is revealed in God's word. Here's what God's word says about us. God has given each of you a special ability, special abilities. Be sure to use them to help others. 
this guy named David, he wrote this book of Psalms, and, and here's what he says in Psalm 116, 12. He says, says, what can I give back to God for all he's poured out into me? Like, like what can, like, that's a good question for us to ask. Like, God, you've given me so much. What, what might I be able to give to you in response to all you've given to me? There's this Danish proverb, not like a cheese Danish, but like a, a, a Danish proverb. And here's what it says. Uh, what you are is God's gift to you. What you do with yourself is your gift to God. Who you are is God's gift to you. What we do with our lives is really our gift back to, to God. Ella Wheeler Wilcox, she wrote a poem uh, called Two Kinds of People. I'm not going to read it in its entirety, but, but I'm going to read a, a portion of it. And here's what she said. She said, there are two kinds of people on this earth today. Two kinds of people, I say no more. Not the good, the bad, for it is well understood that the good are half bad and the bad are half good. Not the happy or the sad, for in the swift flying years, it brings each man his laughter, each man his tears. It's not the rich or the poor, for to count a man's wealth, you must know the state of his conscience and his health. No, two kinds of people on this earth, I mean, are those who lift, those who lean. Wherever you go, you'll find the world's masses are even divided into these two classes. And strangely enough, you'll find two, I mean, there is only one lifter for the 20 who lean. In which class are you? Are you easing the load of the overtaxed lifters who toil down the road? Or are you a leaner who lets others bear your portion of worry of labor, of care. End quote. I just say that to say this. As followers of Jesus, we follow the ultimate lifter. We follow the ultimate contributor. We follow the ultimate giver. And we too are created to make a contribution. We are created to, to leave every environment we enter better, in better shape than we found it. Ephesians 2.10 says this. For we are God's workmanship, created anew in Christ Jesus. Why? So we can do the good things he planned for you long ago. He's got good plans for you. It's an opportunity for us to step into those good plans and make a contribution. If your best next step today is to get in the game around here at Central, it's my hope that everyone who calls Central their home uh, would attend one service and serve one service. And if your best next step is to, to get in the game and begin serving, then man, we got table. We fashioned this day with you in mind. Uh, there's tables out there on the patio with some delicious food uh, and area leaders. You can talk to them. You can ask questions, ask them really tough questions and hear what they have to say about the area that they're leading and how you might be able to get involved on this kickoff weekend. Because God's will is revealed in God's word and God's word reveals that he wants me to contribute something back. Don't be beboozled. Don't be tricked. God's plans are laid out in his word. Fifth and final. Here it is. Uh, God wants me to tell other people about his love. Fifth fill in the blank is God wants me to tell others about his love. Second Corinthians five eighteen and 20 says this, uh, through Christ, God's will is revealed in God's word. Here it is. Here's what God's word says. Through Christ, God made peace between us and himself. And he gave us the work of telling everyone about the peace we can have in him. So you have been sent to speak for Christ. Everyone here, this is our purpose. 
This is part of God's plan for your life, to speak about God's love, to tell others about it. Uh, if you're a Christian, like, this is, this is it. This is us. We're everyday missionaries living in an everyday mission field. And as we go throughout our lives, we tell people about the good things God's doing in our lives. Yeah, that's good, Velma. I like that. You don't need a class for this. You don't need to attend another service before you apply this. Just go throughout life telling people about the good things God has done for you. So I said we're getting painfully practical here today, right? And so uh, in your seat back in front of you, there's a prayer card. Looks like, uh, let me show you. Let me just show you what it looks like. Looks like this right here, this bad boy. So take one of these out. Seat back in front of you. It's in the very back, actually. Looks like this. Blank on the back. Prayer card on the front. Take it out. If you would, be so kind. Get in the game. All right. Here at Central, we have a, a, a one-friend focus, and, uh, and here's what that means. It's one friend in our life who, who doesn't know Jesus, one friend that we interact with on a consistent basis who, who just doesn't have a relationship with God. Could be a coworker, could be a family member, could be a friend. Uh, for some of us, could be a spouse, could be one of our kids, but somebody we interact with on a consistent basis who doesn't know God. Now, here's what I want you to do. Uh, we're getting painfully practical again, so, so here's what I'd like you to do. Just write the name of that individual on this prayer card. We're going to pray for them here in a moment. So you guys got it? Write them down. We're going to give you a minute. Part of my purpose in in this life, the Bible says that that we're called, our purpose, his plan for us is to tell others about about his love. And so we just want one person that we're praying for on a consistent basis, we're interacting with on a consistent basis, and praying for God to give us an opportunity to share his love with these individuals. So you got it written down? Somebody you interact with on a consistent basis. Here's what I would ask you to do. I would ask you to lift it up in the air as if you're presenting it to God today. This individual, we're bringing before him. Let's pray. Father, we're everyday missionaries living in an everyday mission field. You saved us from something, for something, and part of that, that purpose is to tell other people about your love. And God, you've placed us in a county where 1.7 million people don't know you. You allow us to live everyday lives as missionaries, spreading your radical grace and rescuing power. Now, Father, you've placed us in the life of this individual on the card. So, Father, would you give me an opportunity to share your love with him? Would you give me courageous faith, God, to point him to all that you are? Father, would you soften their hearts, the realities of you? And God, would you draw them to yourself so that they too may know the hope that's only found in you, that they too may discover purpose and meaning here in this life that's only found through our relationship with you. Would you rescue them, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I would invite you at the end of this service, we're going to pass some plates. I would invite you, if you would, drop these off in the plates. And here's my commitment to you. Myself, the staff, elders of this church, we're going to consistently pray for that loved one in your life that they would come to know a real relationship with God. The best invite is simply telling others what God's done for you. 2 Corinthians 6.1 says this, In our work together with God, we beg those of you who have received God's grace to not let it be wasted. We beg you, if you've received his grace, 
Don't let it fall to the ground. Don't fumble that. Don't let it be wasted. We've been saved from something, for something. God's will is revealed in God's word, and and he saved us from something, for something, because God wants me to center my life around him. That's part of my purpose. God wants me to learn to love his family, even those who are difficult to love. God wants me to cultivate spiritual maturity so I can become more and more like Jesus. And the more I become like him, the more alive I become. God wants me to contribute something back, and God wants me to tell others about his love. He's wired you for that. He's created you for that. And the more that we do those things, the more we align our life with him, the more we center our life on all that he is, thousands of needless pains go away and we find fulfillment, we find purpose, we find meaning in this one life that we've been given. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your radical grace and God, for your rescuing power. God, we pray that you would help us to live lives on purpose, not just to drift, not just to go through the motions, but God, to become the men and women that you created us to be. So Father, would you give us courageous faith to take next steps, practical steps on a daily basis so we can be an accurate representation of who you are in this world we live in. In Jesus' name.